This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Sandy Scarlatta. I was born in Virginia Beach and raised in the Baltimore Annapolis area and had very humble and tragic beginnings. And as a result, my life was a hot mess. Thankfully, 33 years ago, I got my act together. And since that time, I have dedicated my life to serving others and raising awareness that no matter what you've been through, you can choose happiness and live the life of your dreams. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a choice, and the choice is yours. Today's episode is amazing, and I am so grateful for you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Enjoy the show. Erin Washington, I am so excited for this conversation because we met in person in DC when we were both speaking at this amazing event. And I'm, I just, I'm so thrilled to be it's seeing you It's crazy that we met there when I found out that we lived right near each other for years and I recently I moved to Atlanta and I had to come back to DC to meet you. <laughs> Go figure. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) So you are an author, a former college athlete who struggled with weight and body image for 20 years. Wow. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So we're going to talk about all of this and more. I like to just give the, the, the listeners just a little insight. Um, But you're also married to a former NFL player, which is so freaking cool. I guess. I don't know. I've never been married to an NFL player. So I, how would I know? But it just seems really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's been, I, we've been together for 18 years. So it's like all I know at this point. I met him when I was 24. I love it. And I think you have a great story around that part too, which, so what do we want <laughs> we to start with? <laughs> Wait, you want to start with the, the meeting your husband's story or how you got into what you're doing now? Ooh, I'll start a little bit before that to kind of just show you where I was before okay. when I met my husband, because okay. I was not in a good place. Um, I struggled for over a decade with multiple eating disorders, all of the eating disorders. Um, they kind of evolved from anorexia when I was playing soccer in high school to depression and actual bulimia when I got into college and my career ended. Uh, right after college, I moved to DC. And I ended up getting a job at CBS. It was Westwood one radio. And I was the executive assistant to the senior VP. And I was just, I was depressed. I was bulimic still. Um, I kind of made soccer, my identity. And when that was gone, I didn't have any other value or self-worth. Um, so I'm kind of just like coasting through life. I work for him for a year and he tells me that he has a new opportunity, um, with the Washington Redskins now commanders. So I'm like, my life was in shambles, but apparently I was one hell of an executive assistant during this time because he takes <laughs> me with him. And I know I shared this with you when I got there, they made me sign something saying that I wouldn't date a player or a coach or I'd be terminated. And I remember thinking who would be stupid enough to talk to one of these players? Like I have a job on TV working for an NFL team. And uh, about a month later, <laughs> we were doing a segment, um, a day in a life. 
And it happened to be the player that I had already spotted admittedly on the website. And like I said, I being the professional that I was gave him my cell number just in case he had any questions about the shoot. Of course. Of course. Why I was so professional and <laughs> we started dating <laughs> and, uh, we dated for a year and had to hide it because, uh, I had to sign the thing. So I ended up saying, you know, I'm not going to be a broadcast journalist. I'll just quit and we can date in public. You know, I met his family at this point, but as I mentioned, I had so much like negative body image and just like no self-worth. My now husband was coming off of a pro bowl season and he was in the height of his career. So everyone would kind of like approach and come up to the table. And as soon as that happened, I would just immediately go into my head and kind of question what the hell he was doing with me because Mm -hmm. I had no self-worth. And if I were in his shoes, there's no chance I would have chosen me for a girlfriend. So when you don't have self-worth, you kind of expect people to let you down. Um, I became obsessed with catching him cheating on me and like feeling like there had to be something else. Like he's not just dating me and how he stayed with me and that we are married now for eight years. Um, I'm not sure how we put up with it, but now I think back, like maybe I was trying to get him to leave me because I figured it wouldn't work out at some point, but trying to sabotage it or something. Sabotage. Yes. Now, like finally coming into my value and my worth in my forties, um, we're on like a much like more even level and our relationship works a lot better when someone's not in the other person's phone every time they go in the shower. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As I was. (laughs) Oh, so he obviously knows you're doing that, right? Oh yeah. But I mean, it was just like, I don't know Well, I guess he was like, I don't know what you're looking to find. Like you've met my family. You've come like, I just couldn't understand. I had no value except soccer. Like growing up, I was I did very well in soccer. I started as a freshman on varsity in high school. I got a division one scholarship. And it was like, when people would ask where I was going to college, it was always like for soccer. Like I had to let people know I played soccer and, you know, I was a captain and we were back-to-back state champions. It was my value. And when you put everything into one thing and that thing is gone, it's like, you have no worth. It's like, there's nothing else. And I, you fall into depression. I say now, like you have to diversify. (laughs) You have to put a little bit into everything, not just one thing. And I'm a firstborn obsessive perfectionist. And for some reason, soccer became the thing upon which I obsessed. And I have three younger sisters and none of them had that. And all of them played division one soccer in college and had successful careers and didn't stress it like I did. So now as a mother of a, my firstborn is a daughter, like my life's goal is to make sure she does not obsess and struggle like I did and that she knows her worth. Oh yeah. That's so, so critical. And, you know, I work with a lot of elite athletes and that's one of the things that I make sure that they, especially for the, for the women that I work with, like, it's so important because they can, I mean, you know, we're women, we're our own worst enemies sometimes. (laughs) For sure. It's hard. Yeah. That's your identity. Like you have to find something else to almost channel that obsession. If it was all going into sport, now you got to find somewhere else to channel it. And I laugh, like I became obsessive and stuff about my body. But when I, people are like, how did you stop? Um, with like the bulimia. And I'm like, I think I just, I didn't have like some come to Jesus moment. It was like, I became obsessive about the relationship and everything went there and my eating disorder kind of fell away. And it's not saying that that's how it will work or it should work. But for me, finding something else to channel 
my attention and obsessive nature into made the negative thing that I was obsessing on disappear. Yeah. Oh, Hey, I can totally relate because I'm obsessed with tennis and, and if I don't have a really big audacious goal, I don't do what I need to do to compete at the level I want to compete at, you know? So yeah, I mean, I have a training plan. I've got like, it's just, you need some direction. (laughs) It's like, yeah, my husband now he's, he's been retired since 2009. And that was obviously his whole life, like what he wanted to do. And then it's just done. And you need something out. People are like, that's so amazing. He's, he retired at 32. And I'm like, kind of like, he actually, I mean, 32 is, that's a good career in the end. Yeah. It was a great career, but you need, now there has to be some, you're used to like schedules and like meetings and training room and practice. And then that's done. And you may not have to work financially, but like you just said, like you put together a training program, something to like drive you and to fulfill you. And just to have that kind of something that you have passion for again, because when that's gone, I mean, you just kind of like, you're, I always say like, you're like existing, you're not living. Right. Well, and what I found too, is like, while I'm so passionate about my podcast and my books and my coaching practice, so passionate about that. It's just for me to keep up that physical activity that we need. And as I get older, like I say all the time, everything I do is for my future self. And I wasn't motivated, like just doing it for my future self wasn't enough, unfortunately. Like I need to have like a goal just because of, it's just part of who I am. Right. And and you have to embrace who you are and then pay attention to it and go with it. And when you like, feel good in your body, thing. like your training yeah. stuff, you, it spills over to every oh, other yeah. relationship and same with the reverse. Like when I had like my body image hanging over me, I thought I was doing everything the right way. And I was working out obsessively, like seven days a week, sometimes twice a day, only cardio, barely eating. And I was 20 pounds heavier. And that frustration would spill over. Like I'd be short with my husband and it wasn't him. Like it was my, the noise of my body. And I couldn't, once I got that under control, it's like now everything else, it's like the the thing that was kind of looming. Once you take care of that and you feel good in your body, it's like hard to get me down anymore. (laughs) Like nothing really sets me off when uh, how I was living before everything did because I was frustrated in my body. And once you feel confident in your body and more just like calm down and not just obsess about it, I'm a better wife. I'm a better mom for sure, because it spills over. Well, and you're taking care of yourself. And if you don't take care of yourself first, how can you be there for everybody else in your life? You can't pour from an empty cup. No, you cannot. (laughs) All right. So for those who are listening to this, Erin has this amazing picture behind her with a a woman with a butterfly on her face. And you have such a great butterfly story that just thinking about it is giving me chills. Like more has happened since I've even seen you. And now it doesn't even like rattle me anymore. Like it's, I'm so expectant of it. (laughs) It's like I blue butterflies are my thing. So what was the first, the first thing was Nashville. So I was, so basically now I speak to other women to kind of encourage and inspire them that if I can come out of all of my mess for 20 years that you can too, inspire women to find their best selves. So I find myself speaking with Gabby Bernstein in Nashville. And this is kind of when my spiritual journey kind of started because I was like, what in the hell am I going to talk to these women about that are coming to see Gabby? That is going to be like on this spiritual vibe that two years ago, I wasn't on yet. And I had read the universe has your back. Like, I feel like who hasn't, but I read all of Gabby's books. Cause I was like, this is a sign that I need to get more spiritual. And I ended up 
doing my talk on how everything was aligned. Like everything that I went through was for me to come through on the other side and have the platform that I do now. I have a podcast. I have a second book coming out to inspire and empower women. And I'm giving this talk. And as soon as I'm done, this woman comes up to me and she hands me a book. And she said, it's my not yet published book. I brought one copy and I feel like I'm supposed to give it to you. I was like, okay, um, thank you. And she's like, tells me that her daughter had drowned during COVID and that she comes to her now as a blue butterfly. And I had a jumpsuit on and I'm like, hold on, hold on. And I'm like trying to unzip it to show her the blue butterfly tattoo that I had on my back that I got wasn't when I was 19 and it had no like significance at the time. Um, I just thought it was cute. And Britney Spears had one, but so that's the first thing. And so the butterfly and I'm like, I'm oh, so weird. Sandy, two weeks later, my kids are playing in the front yard and I'm sitting on the front porch and a blue butterfly lands right next to me. And I remember thinking like, I've never seen a blue butterfly. I was like in person, I've seen orange ones, yellow ones, but I was like, it's so beautiful. And it's not flying away next day in the same spot, blue butterfly. And it was like right on my doorstep. So I would come to expect it. And in the morning I would look out my front door and it would just be there flapping. It didn't fly away. If my kids came out first, they'd be like, mommy, your butterflies here. I would come out and know where to look. And so I'm like, this is so weird. Like the blue butterfly, the book. And then I'm like universe. I see it. Obviously I see it. It's here every day. What am I supposed to do with it? Like I couldn't, I, I didn't know what to do. So I'm on a call with my business coach and I've been telling her, this is my, my platform is my purpose to inspire other women, but I want to create a legacy and I want there to be a nonprofit foundation where girls who are teenagers and struggling with body image and self-worth can go to speak to other women who have come through those same challenges, not like going to therapy with a man that's like, tell me about your body image. And you're like, you don't get it. A woman that has been through that. I said, I want it to be a safe space. And I've been like telling her about it. I was like, I'm not sure. And so randomly on a day, she was like, we need to get that nonprofit up and running. What do we call it? And like in that moment, it was completely clear. I said, blue butterfly. And I never saw it again. Wow. And at the time that we're recording this, Sandy, I did a podcast yesterday with a spiritual medium. And she's like, you got the message. Like that butterfly was being used. That's life purpose of the butterfly was for you to get the message yes. that you're supposed to do this. Um, I went to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee this weekend with my family. And there's like seven rooms in this cabin that my sister rented. Of course, I walk into a room. There are blue butterflies all over the wall. And I was like, this will work. I put it on Instagram. People were like, no way. Um, yesterday, the, this, the medium, she was like, there's people here now. She holds up a butterfly, Sandy. And then she's like, wait, the butterfly behind you. And I was like, Rebecca, I don't even, it doesn't even shock me anymore. Like it's everywhere. Right. And it's like, when you open yourself up, the universe is guiding you and, and showing you exactly what you're supposed to do. But I always say, you're looking at your phone. And once you right. start looking for the guidance, it's right there. Like this butterfly was in my face. And it was like, once I got the message, it left. I still have not seen it to this day. And it, I know that that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. And now everything that I went through will live on through blue butterfly. And my hope is that the teenagers that go through it as teenagers will come back and be blue butterflies for the next generation. So my legacy will be that there will always be blue butterflies in the world. Mm, I love <laughs> it. That's, it's just so incredible. And <laughs> There are signs. I, I wrote, I have a chapter in my book about this. There's signs all around us all the yeah. time. And if you're open to seeing them, they're going to appear. 
Yes. And you can and ask here. You can like, ask I've just been on this, that medium. She's like, you can ask for confirmation. She's like, it's not like yeah. the universe is like, you're doubting. Why do I need to prove myself? And I was like, that's kind of almost how I was like, I didn't want to like, like second guess, but she's like, ask for confirmation and Absolutely. you will get it. And you just yes. have to be open to it. And moms, like I have a seven and a four-year-old and it's very hard for me to just be open to things. I'm usually like making sure my son's like not up a ladder, but you have to kind of just quiet your mind. You can do it through meditation or whatever it is and, or walk in nature. Like for so many years, especially when I was in my mess, I would just run because I was at a burn calories and sweat and I'd listen to music. So like I was in nature, but I wasn't present in nature. Right. Now it's no AirPods. I just walk. And it's like right. the things that come to me, I have to come home because I don't have my phone and I'm like writing all these things down. I'm open now. And it's just like, I, I can see it. Um, I had Cy Wakeman. She's a, no, she's a motivational speaker, but she was like, once you do one ounce of spiritual work, she's like, it's like, you were looking through a peephole. Everything was right there, but you could only see right here that's and right. everything opens up. And I was like, that's exactly, it was like, right. When I started the spiritual journey, all of this happened within a couple of months. That's incredible. And listeners, that's all it takes. You know, you yeah. just, just, I always say it's kind of like, you know, you've got the blinders on like horse races, mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah. And people there. have, the, they have the tunnel vision and they're only looking in front of them. Yeah. Cause Instead there's no of, time. You're not open to it. Cause you're just like in your, like I lived that way for yeah. so long, like just survival, especially moms of young kids. So I get it. I can relate to that. But if you put it out, like I would say live authentically and purposefully, like you put your authentic self out, the guidance will come. Like I got my show because I was on Instagram during the pandemic asking other moms of what the hell I was supposed to do with my kids because the playgrounds were closed and the libraries were closed and the schools were closed. And other moms would come on and be like, scavenger hunt, uh, get a pine cone, go find a stop sign, a pro tip, put something on there like a cow. So they don't find it and they stay out there. And I'm like, yes, this is great. <laughs> so I would like every week be like, pour a cocktail. Cause we couldn't do that. And we'll talk about momming in a pandemic. And I was just being my authentic self. There was no other like reason. I didn't have any, um, what's the word I'm looking for any other like aspiration for anything. It wasn't an interview, but a program director at WTOP news in Washington was watching me every week. And one day she called and said, I want this to be a show on podcast one and we will produce it. And I'm like, what, like, what's the show about? And she's like, you just do what you're doing and we will do everything else. And that's how squats and margaritas that's podcast how, was born, which is perfect. Cause that was the next thing I was going to ask you about is how that yeah. came to be. So we're, it's just we're, authentic. We're like in tune. Yes. Because you're a good <laughs> host because it's just flowing. Um, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I never thought I would do a podcast. And if a if podcast one was doing like auditions for a new show host, like that would never have even, I'm not gonna yeah. be like, oh, I'll audition for that. But what was for me came to me when I was literally dropped on my lap, when I was putting myself out into the world authentically and organically with no other intention. Like it was, I was just being me. So I tell women now, if you're feeling kind of itchy is how I felt like I, I love being a mom, but I felt like there was more. And I feel like moms don't say that out loud, but I will say it out loud. And I wasn't sure what it was. I sure as hell didn't think it would be a wellness platform and a podcast after my history. But if you're feeling that way, start putting yourself out into the universe, write a blog, uh, share something that you've been through or what's something you could teach someone. Um, you find purpose when you share that and you create a community of like other women that are still in mess and you can help them out. And once you start putting yourself out there, you just have to look for the guidance. I always say, you just have to look for the butterflies and you will get the clarity. It will be at a random moment. Like 
I was on that call and she's like, what do we call it? And it was bam, blue butterfly. Okay. This job is done. The butterfly left. You just put yourself out into the world and look for the guidance. Oh, I love it. Well, and they always say when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. <laughs> exactly what happened. And you know, Gertrude, like my teacher, um, I said on an Instagram reel that I really want to do a Ted talk. I was like, I want a Ted talk. I want to talk to the woman working out, not seeing results. And this girl was like, I have someone that's done three. And it was like, I don't even know who reached out to who, like Gertrude manifested. Sandy. <laughs> she wow. was like, I've done three Ted talks. Like I can help coach you on a Ted talk. I was like, it's just, but again, I put myself out there when I, yes, I said, I wanted to do a Ted talk in a reel, or I'll be like manifesting out be like, when I do my Ted talk, but somebody saw it, I put it out there, connected me with her and was like, I know someone that's done three. Like you just have to put it out there and then sit back and watch the guidance. Yeah. Now, have you done a Ted talk yet? So I have not, um, I am close and, (laughs) uh, they've just asked for a couple more things. So I hope that that's the, like the follow-up that is getting closer. Like I submitted and then we're going back and forth and there we're tweaking some things. I'm hoping, have you, I feel like you probably, I mean, I've applied. I was, I was really focused on it last year Yeah. and nothing came through. I had worked with a coach on developing it and now it's been almost two years and my whole focus has shifted And I didn't work on it last year because we were living in temporary housing and I didn't know when I was going to move. And it's such a big commitment. Yes. I want to talk to you about this. I can help. I have have some ideas. (laughs) Yeah. So it was kind of like, I didn't want to put myself out there and then not be able to to commit to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's funny is I was, you know, what a long process is like, they want to see all the stuff you had to fill it all out. I don't have any kind of admin. I probably should get one. It was like me doing all. And I'm like, I don't even... I've applied to six and I'm done because I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, takes too long. And I stopped focusing on it. And then some, I actually can't say too much about it. I shot something recently um, that hasn't come to fruition yet, but one of somebody else in the room with me was a city councilman in Atlanta. And I'm just talking like this. I was talking to the host and he was like, he followed up and was like, I see you on a Ted stage. This is a Ted talk. And I was like, I really like to, um, I don't really know. And then he knew someone at Ted women who reached out to me and was like Congress, I mean, the councilman. And it's like, I wasn't even focused on it. Like now I'm yeah. focusing like on my new book and all these things. And it it was like, when I stopped focusing on it, it was like, here you go. <laughs> like, here's the person to talk to. And I didn't have yeah. to do all the application. It was That's like, it great. came easy. Yeah. Cause it's, there's a lot of different ways to, to land it. Um, and you don't always have to go through the proper channels. All right. Your second book from pain to purpose, finding meaning in the mess. I love that topic. Thank you. It's exactly, it's my life. And I just recently realized that that's why I went through all that. Um, It's a revised edition. I wrote Squats and Margaritas, A Journey to Finding Balance. Um, It came out in 2020. And it was basically about how for so long I struggled, as I mentioned, like restricting and eating disorders. And my whole focus was just trying to be thin. And I lived in a state of stress and everything was working against me. And I figured out that it's not what women have been taught. You have to eat more. You have to stop all the stressing. You have to weight train instead of cardio. So I'm like, I'm going to write a book to the women working out, not seeing results. And I put it out. And it's funny, like looking back, it's like, I thought I was writing as like my highest self, like, look at these abs. I have made it. And I had no spiritual transformation yet. And pain to purpose is everything that happened after it. Cause when that book came out, I didn't have my show. I didn't have my foundation. I didn't have all these stories that we're talking about now. So it's a continuation, um, of squats and margaritas that's still there. So, so the woman that's working out, I share 
my story and how I found that it's not what women have been taught, how I found my physical ideal and that how that led to opportunities that I kind of took a step further to make into a brand and speaking opportunities and a podcast and a foundation. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, I, it's gotten to the point where I say this almost every time I interview someone, you have to reach a point in your life when you're going through pain and, and everything where you come to the, the, the realization that it happened for you and not to you. Yes. And you don't, yeah. I found it at 40. Like it doesn't have to okay. be, you may not know yet. Yeah. Like yeah. I did for so long. And I, I don't think I said this when I said, I want to write this book. I had, I got a writing coach. Cause I, I mean, I'd written blogs, but she's like, who are you? Like, are you a nutritionist? Are you a trainer? And I'm like, no, but I have figured it out after a long time. And she's yeah. like, you have no credibility. If doesn't there matter. was a story, you have to tell it. And I was like, oh no, like just the shame, like bulimia. I, I can't think of a more shameful thing. Like I, you don't want anybody to know about that. And at the time of the book, I think I hadn't done it in like 10 years, but I never acknowledged it to the mm. universe. It was like, thank God, nobody found out about that. And I kept telling her, no, I just want to help women. And she's like, you have no credibility. You're not a trainer. You're not a nutritionist. If yeah. you don't tell your story, no one is going to like relate to you or no one's going to think you're credible. And one day I wrote it. I didn't even send it back to her yet. And I never thought I would tell anyone. And I ended up telling everyone. And as soon as I wrote it, it was instantly, I felt lighter and it was like, I could breathe and yeah. all of the shame was lifted. And now it's like, I talk about it so casually because it doesn't have that hold on me anymore. And it was right. scary the first time. But what I tell people is like, what's the thing? What is that thing that you are still carrying? Even if it's not happening anymore, you're still carrying it. If you have not acknowledged it to the universe, you don't have to write a book, but you can just write it in a journal, tell someone, release it so you can release the shame. And that's when you start living your life. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know if the listeners can hear this or not, but of course they're picking up my trash right now, right outside my window. I can't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh my gosh, Aaron. So your book will be out May 2nd. Mm -hmm. And where else can people find you? My website is squatsandmargaritas.com. Um, that's my blog. Uh, there's a link to the book there, a link to the podcast. Um, I have a store with Squats and Margaritas merch. Um, the thing I'm most proud of though is my show, uh, Squats and Margaritas podcast is wherever you get your podcast. And I mainly talk to other women about balancing all the things like being a mom while building a brand, while finding time for yourself, um, how people built their brands, how people uh, find time to stay in shape. I'm on a sober curious journey. So if you want to join me on that, I talk about that a lot and my new spirituality stuff, but I've had some amazing guests. It's the thing I'm most proud of. Um, it's called squats and margaritas and from pain to purpose, finding meaning in the mess comes out May 2nd. And I'm mostly just on Instagram for social media and it's Aaron.Washington underscore. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're so amazing. And I'm so excited that we met so that I can be a, one of your cheerleaders and cheer you <laughs> on and support you in any I way. I feel the same. So. You're going to be on a TED stage. You belong on a TED stage. Like I was It'll so happen when it happens. It will happen. I just, I yeah. just seeing you, like you inspire me to like step up my speaking game. I mean that, and you just like shine. So it's an oh. honor to do your podcast. Thank you so much, Aaron. So great to see you. And thank you everybody who's listening today.
I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.